Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Sports Today. Number three, and happy Mother's Day weekend, everybody. Shout out to the Warriors for getting to the Western Conference Finals yet again. James Harden, Chris Paul, everybody in Houston depressed, obviously. Steph Curry going crazy, 33 points in the second half. He went over five in the first half, three fouls, 23 points in the fourth quarter last night. That's the crazy part. Everybody keeps saying 33 points in the second half in every article that I'm reading. It's 23 points in the fourth quarter. They were down five. That's amazing. Going in. Yeah. They won by five. So, Steph, big impact there at the end. Um, Huge win for them. So, again, shout out to Fran. Happy Mother's Day to Victoria. And I'll give my double shout out to my mom, Marge, who uh, should be leaving the hospital today. Uh, Looking better than she was a couple days ago. Thank you very much. And to Christine. So, that's my wife. And she's on her way to soccer practice right now with a, a frustrating, stubborn three-and-a-half-year-old who sort of doesn't want to go to her little soccer practice, but we need her to get some <laughs> exercise and just get her out of the house. So, especially That's since always it's tough, prob- right? Yeah, especially since it's likely to rain the rest of the weekend. Anytime the sun is right. shining, you need to be outside. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that that was always tough. Uh, you know, when my kids were younger, a lot of times they didn't want to go to their activities. But once they were there, they had a great time. So just got to get them out of the house at this point. Exactly. Exactly. So I just made my Dynasty League pick. I did go with some running back depth. I don't see much of an impact this year. But Travion Williams, a guy that kind of impressed me during the draft <laughs> process. I think there's an opportunity with Gio Bernard moving on. Uh, after this, there's an opportunity that Gio Bernard will move on after this year. Cincinnati's known to be pretty cheap. I don't know if they'll play an older player uh, to stick around, but we'll see. He could get buried on the depth chart, and then this third round pick goes nowhere. But look, there's first round picks that go nowhere sometimes. I think I he's got a ma- bright future for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks, buddy. I remember drafting <laughs> Matt Barkley in the first round of this draft uh, at one point a few years ago, trying to obtain quarterback depth, but. Uh, that didn't work out. Um, anyway, I, I, I had to address that with Nick Foles. So that's the first really big trade I've made in this league in a while. Um, I was desperate at one point to make a trade a few years ago, and I, I got fleeced. But such is the – that's why you never never trade desperately. Ask the Vikings about that. Mm. <laughs> Traded desperately for Sam Bradford. Didn't really – uh, work out for them, and it, it helped the Eagles uh, greatly after trading up and around for Carson Wentz. They got picks back for Sam Bradford, and here we go. But you and I did a a rookie mock draft this week 
as well. We did it last week, but the stories came out this week. We each did our own individual write-ups. I think what you're going to see in most of these rookie drafts is Josh Jacobs 1, Nikhil Harry 2. In my league, it went the opposite way. But those are the two guys that are seen to have the most value long-term. Jacobs, I think you're seeing an immediate impact, which makes him attractive in these rookie dynasty leagues, right? Yeah, yeah, uh, and it's going to be interesting to see uh, what uh, Harry does, how he interacts uh, with uh, Brady. You know, Brady, uh, you, you think about just like quarterbacks in general, uh, Mike, you know, Brady and, and we'll say Rodgers. Do you think that you could classify both of these? Obviously, they're two of the best quarterbacks uh, probably of all time. Obviously, uh, Brady's the GOAT, but do you think that they make players better just by them, by them being them, just, you know, uh, uh, you know, in practice, I mean, are they the kind of guys that uh, might intimidate a guy like uh, and Keel Harry or maybe get the best out of him? I think they could absolutely intimidate them. The Without being there, because we don't know, it seems that Aaron Rodgers is not particularly easy on other players. I think he demands a lot, and he maybe isn't always sunshine and rainbows around him. I know for sure that Brady, if if you start dropping the ball on Brady, he's not going to trust you to throw it to you again. However, right, I've right. also heard and read some things about Tom Brady where he has made an effort to learn more about millennials. Tom Brady's only a couple of years younger than I am, and he's playing with guys that are 20, 21, 22 years old. A lot of guys that are that age. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the manner in which those people of that age communicate is different than the way guys in their 40s and up communicate. So I've read that Brady has taken some steps to try to be better about communicating with people on their own wavelength. I think it speaks to his competitiveness and how he's a smart guy. I, I, you know, I have nothing but respect for Brady in that context. So mm-hmm. people could say at times, ah, oh, this guy is just another Patriots hater. Yeah, to some extent, because I'm tired of them winning, and I'm a Steelers fan. So, you know, like, I'm not mm-hmm. thrilled that they win all the time. Um, if we're having a full-blown discussion on it, yeah, I, I do think that there's um, there's a level of the off-field stuff, deflate gate, spy gate, whatever you want to call it, that taints it in some way, but I'm not somebody that's not saying that they don't deserve it and they've beaten everybody on the field anyway. Um, But in terms of Brady and him being weird with his diet and all that kind of stuff, it all just goes back to the same place. He's the most, one of the most competitive athletes we've ever seen. He's like at a Michael Jordan, Roger Federer, Tiger Woods level. You probably didn't expect Mm -hmm. me to say Federer right there, but Federer (laughs) is one of those people. Guys in his mm-hmm. late 30s, he's still winning Grand Slams. So mm-hmm. um, so that's just sort of where he's at. I think his diet, his sleep, all the kind of weird flexibility stuff uh, or seemingly weird flexibility stuff maybe isn't all that weird. The only problem I've ever had with Brady, really, the deflate gate thing, put it to the side. The only thing I've ever had, had really an issue with Tom Brady is, particular, is in relation to his relationship with Alex Guerrero. Alex Guerrero is known to be a charlatan. He is known to be selling, falsely selling cancer cures via mm-hmm. uh, medications and powders, anti-concussion drinks. Those are not scientifically proven. So to mm-hmm. prey on people that were in desperate mode, uh, 
to hope for a cure that wasn't there is unethical and despicable. Brady's tight relationship with him concerns me. So that's my only criticism of Tom Brady. But all this other stuff, it's just him being competitive. I think generally he's probably a good guy. I don't, you know, I don't know. Um, he doesn't do anything off the field other than that relationship I just told you about that would have mm-hmm. me saying anything negative about Tom Brady. Now, that is a long-winded answer to say I think he really will try his best to bring Nikhil Harry into the fold as quickly as possible. They're motivated right. to we do it. Them. No Cordero Patterson, mm-hmm. no Gronk, no all these other guys. Ben Watson's coming in there. No 30, Hogan. 38 yeah. years mm-hmm. old. Yeah, right. right. No Chris mm-hmm. Hogan. That's the underrated one. People didn't talk about that yeah. much. Now, I know Hogan wasn't as big a part of the offense last year, but it is just another trusted set of hands that's uh, out of the way. So, so Nikhil Harry, I think there's a chance, yes. But, again, expecting big things out of rookies is hard. Uh, especially right. when they have other options. They have James White. They do have Julian Edelman. They still have Sony Michelle. Uh, they showed themselves to be running the ball a lot last year, and it's probably better if your 42-year-old quarterback isn't throwing uh, 700 passes. So, uh, right, they've been running you, the ball more. Yep. Yeah. So anyway, you had the third pick in the first round, and you went with David Montgomery from the Bears. Jo- Frank Stample had the first overall pick. He thought Jacobs versus Montgomery is a real debate. What say you? Uh, well, I mean, if I I don't uh, disagree with uh, Stanfield's uh, first pick of, of Jacobs, but I think Montgomery, look, uh, Bears traded up for him. Uh, I think that they're going to find a way to to make use of him. Uh, Mike Davis is there now, but look, you know, and T- Tariq Cohen is this dynamic guy. I, I just think that by the end of the season, uh, the the Bears are going to find ways to get Montgomery involved, and uh, you know, and and going forward for the next couple of years. I think it's going to be a one-two punch, you know, Cohen and Montgomery. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, I like it. Uh, So Paris Campbell went next. I got him ninth in my rookie, my other rookie draft. So Paris Campbell went fourth. That was TJ Hawkinson, Mikula Hardman, Miles Sanders. I think I talked about him a bunch last week. Um, I just mentioned Travion Williams in the fourth round of that draft. I'm going to try and find the second and the third round, but I'm bouncing all over the place. Just to give you a sense and some depth in these rookie dynasty leagues, the first pick of the fifth round was Will Greer. And and also, I want to, let me tell you some of the guys that were in this draft. It was me and Joe and Frank Stample, Jim Day, uh, Shane Hallam, who's in the other league with me and is a dynasty uh, analyst for fakepigskin.com, Sigmund Bloom, he's footballguys.com. We had uh, Dwayne McFarland, Fighting Chance Fantasy. Corey Parson, elite fantasy and athletic, or former colleague. Bob Long, big guy fantasy sports. Bob Harris, football diehards. And Andy Singleton, expand the box score. So a bunch of guys in there, some of whom are in my other league with me, ironically, as well. Uh, Will Greer, Miles Gaskin, Dylan Mitchell, wide receiver. Jordan Scarlett, running back for the Panthers. He'll be backing, could be a change of pace guy for Chris McCaffrey. Miles Gaskin is interesting with the Dolphins. He had a massively productive college career. I think he had 6,000 all-purpose yards uh, at Washington, but he dropped in the draft. A lot of overuse. He's a, he's, you know, he's a 23-year-old running back that's got 6,000 yards of uh, wear on his body. So to some extent, it seems like that's why he dropped a little bit in the draft. But that could be an interesting one to back up to Kenyon Drake, Joe. Yeah, and but uh, you know, as last season ended, 
I had my mind on, on Kenyon Drake. You know, I liked what he had done in a tough spot last year. Uh, you know, a guy that could catch passes out of the backfield. But look, you, you could never have too much uh, depth at the running back position. And, uh, you know, Gaskin could, uh, you know, like you said, has a lot of mileage on him, but a lot of talent as well. Yeah. Um, Ashton Dullin, wide receiver uh, for the picks. And it, it starts to get, look, you start to have to create stories for yourself when you get deep into <laughs> yeah. these rookie drafts, whether mm-hmm. I'm creating a big story for Travion Williams or uh, I actually picked Golly Waring, tight end from the Texans. The reason I picked. So here's a big thing that I look at. When you're first looking at the rookie drafts early on, if you're in a dynasty league, you're trying to address the needs of your team, but also trying to find the guy with the most potential. As you get deeper, and you see in my write-ups here, and go to my Twitter feed, I, I've retweeted all of the articles for this week on this. I really start to look at contractual situations. I just went through this for Travion Williams. I talked about the Josh Oliver thing, and really, what is that position going to look like? So when it comes to Dynasty, you really are, should be trying to win now, but if your team isn't ready to win now, you start to look at players that, well, who could be a starter next year? Or in, in 2019 or 2020. So I started looking at contract situations. And I can tell you, like, the Texans' uh, tight end situation isn't anything to write home about. We've been dealing with a multitude of different guys there. Ryan Griffin, Jordan Thomas, Jordan Akins. And now you throw Warring into the mix. These are all mid-round draft picks, mid-to-late-round draft picks that they don't really have anything invested in so warring mm-hmm. who just started playing college football uh, really just started playing football as a senior in high school and went to san diego state maybe he's deshaun watson's tight end target moving forward mm-hmm. yeah uh, perfectly said and, and you know you try to create scenarios to defend you know who you're taking like for instance with uh, doug baldwin uh being cut by the seahawks all of a sudden my uh sixth round pick of gary jennings Hey, you know, he might have a little bit of a role this year. You know, he okay. played a little slot uh, at West Virginia. You know, a guy that uh, could kind of mix it up. You know, one year he caught 97 passes. Uh, in his That was in his junior year. In his, in his senior year, more of a, a deep ball threat. But, uh, you know, that... You know, Doug Baldwin is going to be needed to be replaced there, you know. And uh, so, like you say, you try to create scenarios and, and look for upside, not only for this year and when you're doing the Dynasty draft, but in uh, f- future years as well, of course. And you took Dylan Mitchell earlier in this round, too, because nobody's cracking the Adam Thielen-Stefan Diggs duo Absolutely just not. yet. <laughs> and Lequan mm-hmm. Treadwell has done garbage since he got drafted a few years ago. But... Dylan Mitchell gets on this roster. He's one of the top five guys. Somebody goes down. Cousins might need some options there. Now, they did draft Irv mm-hmm. Smith. I think Dylan Mitchell would have a long way to go in order to yeah. see some touches. But mm-hmm. you fast forward it a year from now, maybe he's in that top four of the receiving core. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, Like you said, you, you're going to start telling yourself some stories, and this is, a, this is offense only, so we're not watered down by – first of all, there's very few quarterbacks that you can even draft – in a rookie draft this year. Um, mm-hmm. In fact, in my other draft that we're talking about, Drew Locke still hasn't been drafted. Wow. Because mm-hmm. I think, yeah, I mean, he's still there. He's going to be there late third, early fourth. Um, the only guys to bank on right now are Haskins and Murray. 
they're going to start. They're going to play right away. Locke is somebody that you're going to stash, and I think people don't. Who want to starts waste. first this year, Locke or Jones? Locke or Daniel Jones? Jones. Mm. I think the Giants will be worse. Yeah, I think it's the reality. Yeah, yeah you point, went Gary Jennings point. there, wide receiver in the sixth round. I'll just wrap mm-hmm. it up with my last one. Uh, yeah, yeah, sure. I, I went. I went Tyree Jackson, QB in Buffalo. It's a total mm-hmm. dart throw. Um, when we're, you know, nearly 72 picks into an offense rookie only draft, you just take some big cuts and I don't love Jackson's long-term prospect of being a starter in the NFL, but you got to take a shot with an athlete like that. He's, uh, buried on the depth chart. He's probably even on the, um, he might get practice squad he they actually probably won't put him on the practice squad this year because somebody might sign him off of it if anybody can be signed off of a practice squad by any other team in the nfl with the requirement that they are put on the active roster so steelers can sign somebody from the jets practice squad but that guy's got to immediately be on the active roster i think somebody would conceivably be willing to do that with tyree jackson so i think he's the third quarterback in buffalo this year behind josh allen and matt barkley and you never know. Like maybe he's a backup at some Stranger point. Stranger things does, have happened. <laughs> all right. Does Josh Allen work yeah. out? You know, we've seen guys sort His of rise play, through. He could get hurt, God forbid, right? Josh that's right. Allen. That's right. So, so that's it. We talked a lot about rookies. I think that's stuff that you'll have to continue to monitor throughout the preseason. We'll help you with it. And that's me. I got, I'm the proud owner of Travion Williams now. Should I have drafted Josh go. Oliver? We'll see. Bring it back to baseball after this. It's Mike and Joe on Mother's Day weekend. Happy Mother's Day, everybody. We'll be right back. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Welcome back, everybody. FST headed towards the top of the hour at 11 o'clock when George Kurtz and Cam Stewart take over. So, Joe, you and I had uh, shared some information. I was going to get back to baseball, but I I totally blew past the one article you sent me from NFL.com. It's Chris Wesseling. Wesseling. Uh, He's around the NFL writer. And it's about the top 10 offenses in the NFL. He did a little bit of analysis here and talk about guys coming back. Um, and he did some really interesting breakdowns. You should go to and check it out. I can't do it all in detail. But the top ten, counting it down, the Green Bay Packers. He grades them uh, with grades. Um, QB A, backfield B minus, receiving core B, offensive line B plus. That's what he has for the Packers. So consider that. 
He says offense is knocking on the door. So these are the teams. These are the teams that didn't make it. New England Patriots, Tennessee Titans, Tampa Bay Bucks, Cincinnati Bengals, Dallas Cowboys, Seattle Seahawks, Carolina Panthers, Houston Texans, Chicago Bears. So any of those that didn't make the top ten that you're surprised by? Well, the one can we get to that in a second? The one that I was surprised, the one team that fell out of the top five. What was the Chiefs, right? Didn't they have like the, 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 the top offense in football last year? And, you know, it just stands to reason, uh, you know, with the whole uh, uncertainty regarding what's going to happen with Tyreek Hill, uh, you know, what we're going to expect from uh, Damian Williams this season. So uh, that kind of, you know, was the first thing that, that, that I noticed. They did lose their starting center, Mitch Morris. Mm-hmm. It is unlikely Tyreek Hill plays for them. For a full season. They no longer have Kareem Hunt, even though Damian Williams was good, and they signed Carlos Hyde. So, realistically, you're going into the season with Pat Mahomes, still good there. He's backed up by Chad mm-hmm. Henney and EJ Manuel, by the way, in case you were wondering where those two guys ended up. Um, so, the offensive line, he grades out as a B, which I think is fair. They lost a big key there. The receiving core... Travis Kelsey, Sammy Watkins, Miko Hardman, a rookie, Demarcus Robinson, Sammy Coates, Cody Thompson. Without Tyreek Hill, it's drastically different. No, oh, absolutely. Yeah. 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 So they're sixth. And, uh, he, I mean, he didn't yeah. knock them all the way out of the top ten, but they're sixth. Right. So let me, let me rapid fire the top ten. Packers, yeah, yeah. Steelers at nine, Chargers at eight, Browns at seven, Chiefs six. So these five offenses he think will be better than the Chiefs. Let's see what you you all think out there. Rams at five. Falcons at four. Like it. Eagles at three. Colts at two. Saints at number one. So he still has Drew Brees and quarterback room as a B plus. The backfield an A minus with Alvin Kamara, uh, Latavius Murray, Devine, Devine Ozigbo, a rookie. Receiving core, Michael Thomas, Jared Cook. They signed a tight end, by the way. Ted Ginn, Traquan Smith, Keith Kirkwood, Cameron Meredith, Austin Carr. That's a deep wide receiving core. Cam Meredith didn't mm-hmm. give you anything last year. I didn't expect it. He was hurt, coming off a major injury. He could give you something this year. Offensive line, B+. I'm with this, too. Teron Armstead, Ryan Ramchick, first-round pick. Andrews Pete, first-round pick. Larry Warford, Eric McCoy, a recent high draft pick. They've done a really nice job building that offensive line, which was an issue a few years ago. Um, so I'm down with it. The, the Colts, I think we've talked a lot about the Colts. They have a nice depth at, in the backfield right now, with Marlon Mack leading the way. And T.Y. Hilton, Devin I Punches, think- Eric Ebron, Jack Doyle, Paris Campbell. That's a really good receiving core. Yeah. I, I'm almost thinking that maybe the Colts might uh, be able to overtake the Saints this year when it comes to offense. I agree. I was a, I was a little concerned with uh, what happened to Breeze as the season wore on. I'm not sure if Me it too. was maybe, maybe an, uh, you know, uh, injury-related or age-related or whatnot. But uh, I think we've seen. Definitely from, did tell from, off. I think we've seen from the older quarterbacks. Granted, there's not a huge sample size, but we've seen Breeze and Brady be inconsistent down the stretches of the season. Now, people are going to say that I'm nuts. But 
Brady in the Super Bowl that they won against Atlanta didn't have a good game. He won the Super Bowl MVP because he came back and he put up some big numbers. But he threw a pick Mm -hmm. six in that game. He threw other interceptable passes. What happened against the Falcons was miraculous. All to the victor go the spoils. But it wasn't Brady's best game. James White should have won that MVP. Mm -hmm. Drew Brees was bad in both playoff games this year. They They should have been in the Super Bowl. Terrible call. All that kind of stuff. They weren't good. He wasn't good in the championship game or the previous game against the Eagles, a game they absolutely could have lost. Could have. Not should have, but Mm -hmm. could have. So I think we've seen both the Saints and the Pats try to monitor the number of throws with those guys. Um, Anybody's going to get banged up down the stretch, but when you're in your 40s, it's just going to take a bigger toll. So... Uh, Colts at two, Eagles at three, a lot of options there. Wentz's health is of utmost importance. The Falcons, I've been talking about them. Big bounce back for them, I think. Devontae Friedman is a question mark because of how hurt he gets all the time. But I think Edo Smith is a really interesting fantasy option this year. And Matt Ryan's been great. Matt Ryan's been great for fantasy. Mm-hmm. He just mm-hmm. has been. Talk about him all you want. He's a former MVP Still of the league. Still in his prime. Still in his prime, absolutely, especially considering how old some of these other guys are now. Matt Ryan's still there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got the Rams there, uh, and they just have great options. Goff has been really good. McVay is the is the key to play calling and scheming to get guys open. So Todd Gurley there with Malcolm Brown and Daryl Henderson and John Kelly. They have good depth behind Gurley now. And the receiving core of Woods, Cooks, Cooper Cup, Cooper back. Cup <laughs> and the younger tight ends, that's pretty interesting there, too. Um so Chiefs at six, yeah, we talked about that. Chargers, Phil Rivers there with Melvin Gordon and Austin Eckler. You got Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Hunter Henry coming back off the ACL. Travis Benjamin providing depth. Like it. Steelers, Big Ben, James Conner. They got Jalen Samuels and Benny Snell now. Juju Smith-Schuster, Dante Moncrief signed in the offseason. Deontay Johnson, a special teams machine and a rookie that they just added. With James Washington, the second-round pick last year, he got Vance McDonald at tight end. They signed Ryan Switzer, who's a uh, – they, they got picked up Ryan Switzer at some point last year. Eli Rogers is there. So their depth is good, but clearly I'm not going to mitigate the loss of Antonio Brown. I, of From a fantasy standpoint, I just think the Steelers' offense will be this good. I think it's a top-ten offense. And the Packers, we went over that. Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams uh, at running back, uh, A-Rod there at the top. Devontae Adams could be the first wide receiver off the board in fantasy drafts. Geronimo Allison, big year for him. We talked to Joe Alosio a couple of weeks ago. Um, important for him. Marquez Valdez, Scantling. I think the Jay Sternberger addition is a nice, interesting, long-term dynasty play because Jimmy Graham's not long for this league either. Mm-hmm. Um, so back to my original question. Pats, Titans, Tampa, Bengals, Cowboys, Hawks, Panthers, Texans, Bears. Anyone that jumps out to you saying, oh, why isn't this a top 10 offense? The Pats have lost a lot of guys. The Bears is the interesting one to me. 
to me, uh, the one that first came out, and uh, Bears is a good pick, but uh, I guess the, the Cowboys, when you have a guy like, you know, Zeke, who arguably could be, you know, uh, the best running back in football, you know, definitely like top three or four, right? And uh, Amari Cooper, a second year in this uh, league. And I, I think Dak Prescott, a full year of uh, having uh, Amari Cooper there. And uh, even uh, uh, they got back uh, their uh, old friend, the tight end. Uh, uh, I'm drawing Jason a blank. Wood. What's the guy? Jason. Jason. Wood. Yeah. yeah. I don't. Ex- yeah. Yeah. I don't expect him to catch, you know, 70 balls. But I just think that him being on the field, also uh, providing pass protection uh, as well. And uh, I, I think that they might have. I don't know if they should be th- 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 a top, necessarily a top 10. But if I had to pick one that just stuck out at me as breaking that yeah, that top 10, uh, it could be the, the Cowboys. I can't believe he came back. I really can't. Yeah. Uh, what do you think the real reason behind that was? I mean, it was just he, he needed to do something other than Monday Night Football, and he kind of like it was almost like a, a graceful exit. You know, he, he didn't get fired from that job. He just. Yeah, look, I think the writing was on the wall. I, I First mm-hmm. of all, I don't think he was good, but I think it's a really difficult position for him to be put in, to be put in a high-profile job like that and succeed mm-hmm. just because his teammate Tony Romo did it right uh, and I, I think they they really put him in the hot seat and he's learning on the job I don't think he was particularly great but I think mm-hmm. it's a hard job and I think they don't he didn't have any time to develop in that role as a you know a guy doing West Coast late games that we don't hear that often. Do you know what I mean? The guys that are on the yes, the yep, sixth yep, yep. CBS team. That's you know mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm. how you learn on it. Instead, he had to learn under the spotlight, and I think they wanted to make a change, or you know had discussions about like maybe this isn't in it for the long term. And yeah, I think he made an exit like that. And I don't mm-hmm. think there's any stories going to come out that will throw him under the bus, but. Um, that's sort of the deal for Witten now. I kind of feel bad for him in that respect. To tell you the truth, I do too. Uh, I mean, it, he, as he bad was, as you can feel but, for a guy that's had you know made millions <laughs> from football, uh, right? But you know, I think that's difficult. He's a guy now that. Let's see. When did he get out of? Yeah, he's thirty-seven, dude. He's going to be thirty. He mm-hmm. just turned thirty-seven this week. That's old for a tight end. Yeah, like if I were him, like once I stepped away, well, Ben Watson's thirty-eight. <laughs> yeah. He's never technically. I mean, he retired for like a month, but mm-hmm. for Whitson to be, for Witten to be taking a beating again on the field is just surprising. I would think once you walk, we're done with that, uh, and mm-hmm. found that there was some career in broadcasting, then uh, that would be the deal. So, man, well, what do you think about uh, my my Cowboys? And then they also have Michael Gallup, second year receiver. Alan, they get back Alan Hearns. I'm not saying they're going to be a juggernaut offense. But, uh, you know, I think they have a possibility of uh, playing into the top 10. They could. I I just don't know if there's enough explosiveness there Mm -hmm. um, in that offense all the way around. I think that's my thought process on it. Gallup is pretty interesting, right, as as an option here. But aren't Mm -hmm. we just going to see this offense as – an effective offense, but not an offense that scare. It scares you because of how effective Zeke can be behind this offensive line, and that Cooper mm-hmm. is dynamic. 
But the depth of it, I don't know if that scares me. Tavon Austin, Michael Gallup, Randall Cobb, right. and that's Alan fair. Hearns there think- now. I think mm-hmm. that's where when, you, when you're doing the grading like uh, Chris Wesseling did in this article, I think that's why they get bumped down a notch. They won't care if they're not top 10 in flash because they might just run for 2,500 yards and control the action, right? Right, right. Doesn't mean that they're going to put up the most points. It just means that they're going to be a load to deal with. It's just kind of where we're at. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to. I'm, I'm looking at last year's stats to see where they came in uh, for rushing yards. I'll get it here in a second. Rushing yards, Dallas. They were, yeah, they were tenth in rushing yards last year. 1,963 yards. The only one team cleared 2,500 yards rushing. That was the Seahawks. Uh, as far as passing yards were concerned, let's do total yards. I bet you Dallas is barely in the top 20. Yeah, they were 22. So, mm-hmm. and they came in first place. So what do they care? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> right. It doesn't right. have to be about the flash of the offense. Mm-hmm. When you look at when you look at what they did last year, offensively they were 22nd in points scored, 22nd in yards. They did a nice job of not turning the ball over. Only 17 turnovers on the year. Um, and they were top 10 in rushing attempts. I, I, th- I think we know where they're at. They're going to control the ball. Mm-hmm. They went 10-6 and six last year. I think they'll be in the mix again this year. The defense has gotten much better. So that was the problem a couple of years ago. The defense was awful. The only way they could beat you was keep you off the field. Now they can keep you off right. the field and play some good defense. So, mm-hmm. um, But an interesting article but I like nonetheless. Your, yeah. I like your Bears call, though. I'm looking at the depth chart. You know, you forget Allen Robinson, uh, Corderell Patterson on this team now. I'm more surprised. Uh, you know, men- I'm more surprised not just because of that, Joe, but because everybody talked about the Bears going into the season last year. And now you have a writer mm-hmm. from NFL.com saying, well, they're not top 10. Mm-hmm. Like, everybody was on the Bears bandwagon last year. And frankly, they were right because they were good and they won the division. But um, and I was one of the, the ones defense. throwing cold Most water the defense, on defense, though, right? Yes, that's the mm-hmm. thing. Like the defense was very good, and now they lost the defensive coordinator. But Allen Robinson, Taylor Gabriel, Anthony Miller—they added Riley Ridley, Corderell Patterson. That's a really good receiving depth chart. Trey Burton mm-hmm. at tight end, and they added David Montgomery. So, with the with the way in which Matt Nagy calls games, I, I do think it's an offense that should crack the top ten. Who do I displace? Of those top tens, mm, I don't know. Would I displace the Packers? Am I am I all in on the Browns already? The Browns have just have so many weapons. How could they not be good with the rookie being as good as he was? Do you see a sophomore slump for Baker Mayfield? I don't know. I don't think so. I think the thing that worries me about the Browns more than anything else is like this is a first year head coach and everybody's anointing him like. Nothing's going to go wrong. They're going to be great. Like I, I, I don't know that. Why would I think that? They've been, there have been plenty of teams in, across all sports where you've had you know top-notch players that just don't meld. So we'll see. Let's not right. anoint them yet. Right. And the Bear, the Browns came in seventh here. They have Baker Mayfield. Drew Stanton is the depth chart. Uh, they give him a B plus. Backfield A minus with Nick Chubb, Duke Johnson, Kareem Hunt, Darren Hall. Man, if they can't get an A. Who can? Odell Beckham, 
Jarvis Landry, Antonio Callaway, David Njoku, Rashard Higgins, Demetrius Harris. That's your receiving core, A minus they gave him. And the offensive line is a B minus, which I think is accurate. Greg Robinson, Chris Hubbard, Joel Batonio, Austin Corbett, JC Treader, et cetera, et cetera. I think it's a good offensive line, not great. Does that I think I think the offensive line is good enough that they'll be good. It won't be a liability. I, I think you almost start to look at offensive lines like that, like really good offensive lines, adequate liability. Teams right, like right. teams like Cincinnati, Minnesota, Arizona, New York Giants, Giants they were liabilities course, yeah. the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. So that's why it, it it became such a problem for those offenses to have any kind of effectiveness, and some of them have addressed it, some haven't. I'm still really worried. David Johnson going sick overall. I'm still worried about that offensive line. Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray can't fix that. They can't. The offensive line wasn't addressed. They just added I a agree. bunch of skill players. I agree. So, going to be interesting. Going too high yeah. at number six, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, I'm with you, too. I get concerned about guys' offensive line. He finished ninth overall last year, but per game. It wasn't that impressive. We'll come back. We'll close it out with baseball after this. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your Daily Roto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. segment on FST. Thanks for joining us this Saturday morning on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network on TuneIn on iHeartRadio. On terrestrial radio stations across across the country. We've got weekend fantasy update coming up after this. We're going to talk some baseball, but Joe Galina, I have to bring in a special guest. Do you mind? Uh, absolutely. Bring him in. Or her. Okay. I don't know who it is. No. Whatever. You want to say hello to everybody? Hi. Say happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. Um, so we're talking about sports. You like playing sports, right? Yeah. How, tell everybody how old you are. I'm six. And uh, what's your name? Owen Blewett. Okay. Uh, so hey, Owen. Say Joe says hi. So say hi to Joe. Hi, Joe. So he doesn't have headset <laughs> hey, on. So I'm I'm, uh-huh. I'm trying to relay all the messages. So uh, Owen, you're a big sounds like a champ. Right? Yeah. Yeah. What's your favorite sport? You think? Your favorite sport that you play? B- basketball. And soccer. <laughs> Basketball and soccer, right? What about baseball? I thought we were, we, we, we haven't started the season yet, technically, right? Because we got a bunch of rain outs. Yeah, but it's not my favorite sport. Oh, boy. We got problems <laughs> here, Joe. I thought I, was, <laughs> I thought I was passing down a lineage here. Well, uh, all right. So, yeah, you, get, you play a lot of basketball and soccer, so that's good. But what's your favorite sport to watch, you think? Ice hockey. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, wow. We don't, watch, we don't watch a lot of that, but he does like mm-hmm. to watch it. So, uh, But you've seen basketball games in person, right? So it's kind of yeah. fun, right? Yeah. Um, and, our, and we got stuffed animals there. 
<laughs> you get stuffed animals there. Yeah. Right. Uh, that's right. At you that did. basketball game. That's right. Uh, Hofstra basketball. You, you yeah. got a chance to go there, and uh, they give you nice uh, hot dogs and, and stuffed animals and stuff. Okay. I, well, a couple more questions. What do you What do you want to do special for your mom on Mother's Day? Um, make her a present. Make her a present. Okay, that's good. Um, uh, you think we should make her breakfast? I'll do that. I'll take care of that. Yeah, and you, you can take help. care of that, and I'll make, um, like, a car or something. Okay, that's perfect. There okay, you go, so, all right, you're going to head back uh, and, and do your work, which is probably watching cartoons, and one more time, uh, let's say Happy Mother's Day to everybody. Happy Mother's Day. Okay. All right, thank <laughs> you for everybody for uh, He's a natural. Yeah, making it a family affair uh, today. So uh, that is uh, my son's oh, six, six and a half. So he likes it. He likes coming down. He likes being on the radio. Um, yeah. So we all right. So a couple minutes left here, Joe. Uh, we're taking a look at the baseball games today and guys that have been good so far, struggled so far uh, right off the bat. Fields Hernandez and Rick Porcello matching up today. Uh, Sox hammered the Mariners last night. Uh, Porcello off to a rough start, two and three with a five eleven ERA. Felix Hernandez one and three, a five point two ERA. Obviously, Felix Hernandez over the last couple of seasons has not been the fantasy asset or the major league pitcher that he once was. But maybe thoughts on those two pitchers? Any chance for them to turn it around? Uh, Porcello in particular. Yeah, Porcello actually and the entire Red Sox team have been coming on. Uh, Porcello, his last few starts, I'll try to pull up you know his uh, stats, but uh, you know this is a guy who was a uh, former Cy Young Award winner. Uh, started off poorly this year, but let's pull up his stats uh, recently and uh, and look, you know the uh, Red Sox, they're a game over five hundred. I know. You know, when did this happen, right? I mean, uh, they were averaging uh, in their last, I think, uh, 11 games somewhere, like a little over six runs per game. Uh, yep. So, uh, you know, I, I think that uh, they are, you know, we, we talked about, you know, the Rays being there all year long, uh, Yankees hanging on, you know, even though all their injuries. But uh, let's not forget about the Red Sox. And, uh, you know. To your point. Yeah, to your point about Porcello. So his last outing was May 5th. Uh, he went six innings, uh, two earned runs, gave up a couple of homers, uh, but five hits. And he ended up, he didn't get the win, but uh, he he contained the White Sox. Before that, April 30th, eight innings, eight shutout innings, only gave up two walks and two hits. The prior outing there was a six innings, three runs. So he's given up a few homers, but he got hammered his first couple of times out and it inflated him but he hasn't given up more than three runs in a start uh since april 5th and Mm -hmm. he's pitched more innings consistently so porcello is really dealing with a couple of bad early season starts but he's been much better of late right uh, and when it comes to Hernandez, uh, unfortunately, he got spanked by the Yankees uh, earlier this week. 
But, uh, you know, I all but given up on him for fantasy. And I'll be honest with you, I don't really think he has much fantasy value going forward. Has pitched a little bit better overall, uh, you know, uh, you know, than expected. But uh, in term, when it comes to fantasy, uh, I think he's done. And just when you look at uh, the Mariners in general, they got off to that 13-2 and two start. They've really tailed off uh, recently. And especially one guy, uh, Vogelback, batting under 200 for the past month. Yeah, he was so hot. So, yeah. And uh, unfortunately now, uh, D. Gordon uh, got hit in the wrist by Jay Happ the other night. It's not a break. Uh, but uh, if you notice, uh, the uh, Gordon's going to be out. And then they called up uh, J.P. Crawford. Uh, former top prospect uh, for the Phillies, who's going to be uh, batting second for them today and playing short. A couple of other higher-profile fantasy pitchers going at it today in that big Brewers-Cubs matchup. you got Zach Davies, 4-0 on the season, 1.56 ERA, up against Cole Hamels, uh, 3-0 with a 3.38 ERA. So your thoughts maybe on these two pitchers, if not today, then moving forward. Yeah, I actually own Zach Davies in uh, in a league, and I, I know his uh, you know his uh, ERA estimators are you know show that he's probably pitching above his head right now. But yeah. uh, you know, I love the offense that uh, he's got behind him. I'm not crazy about the ballpark he pitches in, but Cole Hamels, man, he's come on since being traded uh, to the uh, the Cubs, and uh, just basically a- another guy you kind of like had thought that he was done. But uh, it's the Verlander said, "Jump." Forward. Yeah, well, you know, had this thing. happen, right? Yeah, nine point three Ks per nine. Uh, the walks are a little higher than I like three, but the three point three eight ERA. I-, I like him rest of the season for the same reason uh, that, that I mentioned uh, when it came to Davis. I, I like that offense behind him. Yeah. Um... Jacob Degrom pitching today, two and four on the season, three point six ERA. So. That scare a couple of weeks ago, the elbow MRI, that has seem, seemingly faded. How do you feel about Jacob DeGrom right now? Uh, well, um, if I own him, I'm going to start him uh, for yeah, certain. I course. mean, I'm, I'm happy. Yeah, I mean, I'm happy that uh, they didn't discover anything. Uh, you know, I mean, it is odd to, seeing him with a, a 3.6 ERA. You're just not used to seeing that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, I, I think as the warmer weather, uh, you know, comes in, I mean, it's been a tough month and a half, you know, especially in New York. Lots of rain, lots of cool weather. I think yeah. when the weather heats up, I think all these pitchers, like, look what's look at Sale. Sale, you know, I mean, the cream always rises to the top. And, and uh, Sale, those first four starts was terrible. His next four, phenomenal. I think that better days are ahead for DeGrom. Yeah, and Degrom his last two outings out, he threw seven innings, uh, no no runs against the Reds. He took an L against San Diego, but he only gave up two earned runs in seven mm-hmm. innings. So the last two outings have been better for Degrom. Uh, as far as other matchups today, forgive me, uh, I lost my place there. We've got uh, let's see, Kyle Gosman. Not going to talk about him. John Gray. How about Garrett Cole? Astros-Rangers, an in-state rivalry today. He goes up against Chavez. But Garrett Cole on the season, 3-4, and 4.17 ERA. Give me your thoughts on Garrett Cole. Uh, he's another guy that I invested in on one of my team. I'm a little disappointed what he's done thus far. Uh, but, uh, again, uh, you know, you look what he did last year, uh, career year. Uh, 
again, I mean, it's just so early in the season. His last two starts gave up two runs uh, on the 25th, uh, pitched shutout ball against a very good Minnesota Twins team that we talked about uh, that sports the best record in baseball. Uh, had a little blip against, of all teams, the Kansas City Royals who have a better offense than we give them credit for. But I think that uh, Cole will be all right going forward. Let's pause there because you mentioned the Twins. So 24 and 12. Playing great. Michael Pineda actually throws for them today. He has not been good. But Mm -hmm. do you think this is going to last? Do you think they're just playing a little bit above their head right now? Just curious if you think that if you're a believer in the Twins. I know this has been a few years coming. They've done everything they can to build this team up. But do you think this is the real deal? I mean, they they happen to be in a division which is very winnable. But uh, I, I just... You know, your kind of your thoughts on on the Twins overall. They're 24 and 12, best record. We mentioned it mm-hmm. earlier in the show. They've won four in a row, seven of their last 10. Their run differential is a plus 50. So these aren't Fugazi numbers, as we like to say here in, in New York. But do you think that there's long-term success ahead? Yes, I do. I think they have a nice mix uh, offensively of some younger players, uh, some uh, veterans, uh, you got to love what uh, Jorge Polanco has been doing. You know, if you check his stat cast numbers, you know, his, uh, his launch angle is up, his hard hit rate is up. So I, I think that, you know, he's uh, batting 341 right now. I think that he's going to sustain uh, what he's been doing. Uh, Marwin Gonzalez was a nice add to this team, only batting 211. Really nice. But, uh, yeah, comes uh, could play a lot of different positions. Comes from a, a winning uh, place in in Houston. Uh, Eddie Rosario, I think he leads the AL. In he has been really runs. bad, but I, I can only assume there'd be good times for Gonzalez ahead. Oh yeah, yeah, and uh, Jake Odorizzi. You know, this was a guy that you know Crazy. I would end up in, in previous years. That. Yeah, uh, I would, you know, grab him kind of late and just, you know, hope for the best. And now I, I was uh, uh, listening to uh, the broadcast of the Yankee game when they played them last weekend. Odorizzi in the off season went to some uh, pitching camp in Florida because he was having problems uh, getting past the third time over in lineups. And uh, apparently they've done wonders for him because, you know, he's bat- uh, uh, 2.32 ERA, 5-2 and two record, uh, pitched seven shutout innings last night against the Tigers. You know, you say, oh, well, it's the Tigers. Hey, look, you pitch against uh, who the uh, schedule says you're going to be pitching against. It's right. Odorizzi. You know, we talked about Glass now. What a good start he's had. And uh, But Odorizzi, man, pretty good. <laughs> Jose Berrios, obviously, has been great so far. Oh, absolutely, yeah. He's been 6-1, and one, 2.53 ERA. He's one of the best pitchers in baseball. We he, like Along with Glasnow, Glasnow and Odorizzi, a former Tampa Bay Ray. So... You know, good stuff there. To go back to their hitters for a moment, you know, Jonathan Scope, I I just think he was buried in Baltimore, and maybe he wasn't the type of guy that got a lot of credit. But, you know, last year he obviously bounced around uh, to a couple of different teams. I just think he has shown over the course of his career that he's a pretty good hitter. He In 2017, he had 32 homers, 2016, 25 homers. His career average is 259. He figured it'll be right around there overall. Right mm-hmm. now, though, hitting 283 with six homers. So I think he's showing that power early. And in a increasingly improving lineup, I think Scope is the type of guy that 
yeah, there's you can be lousy with the second baseman at times in fantasy, but Scope is the type of guy that you probably got a good value, and he might end up hitting you 25 homers or more. Oh, yeah. I mean, obviously, like you mentioned, he's he's done it before. I mean, he's been a little up and down in his career. You know, he had yeah. the uh, 209 batting average in 2014, and then uh, last season had some issues when he got traded to Milwaukee. But, That's true. hey, look, I think I think that that 259 uh career average is representative. I mean, he can get it anywhere from like 255 to 275 on a year, but uh, give you 25 plus home runs from the second base position, very valuable and a nice uh, part of this team. Doesn't have to be the leader on this team, but, uh, you know, he's He'll be, you know, a guy that uh, just will contribute. And, and look, the, other, the, the Minnesota Twins offense, uh, as we've discussed, uh, nobody talks about that enough. You know, even C.J. Crone. You know, what he has the potential to do uh, at first base as well. And what about Mitch Garver? I think he hit a yeah. home run last night. It's eighth yeah, of the yeah. year. Where'd this guy come from, right? Yeah, yeah. Catcher? Catching mm-hmm. catching stuff's been kind of funny this year. I've said to you before, I, I don't know why I'm doing it right now, but I'm rostering three catchers just trying to figure out what to do. I've got McCann. I've got Narvaez. I've got Jan Gomes, who's probably going to hit the cutting block pretty soon, but I, I'm just trying to get as many at-bats out of the position as possible. Sometimes, frankly, a catcher, it's better to take an L and go with a zero mm-hmm. as opposed mm-hmm. to putting somebody in there that's going to go over 4. I, I, I'm mindful of that. It's just Especially some of these the catchers like, league, yeah. Yeah, like some of these catchers like Garver, like McCann, have been off to really good starts, so way exceeding expectations and guys that you can actually have in your lineup and can add a couple of homers and RBIs unexpectedly. Absolutely. And then uh, don't forget, he's on the DL or IL yeah. right now, Williams Estudito. Yeah, yeah. uh, yes. Oh, man. I mean, the guy never strikes out and uh, is eligible at, at catcher and I think a couple other positions. So, hey, look, you know, the Twins, uh, they're catching Cleveland. Cleveland's 20 and 16, but I think these are two teams you know, in that uh, AL Central that are going in two different directions. Yeah. Um, last one I'll, we'll preview for the day. Nats Dodgers, two high-profile fantasy pitchers in Max Scherzer and Walker Bueller, even though their numbers are not certainly not reflective of where we want them to be at year's end. This is a big-time pitching matchup today. It might all, almost bring out the best in both of them. It's the late game tonight, 9-10 in L.A. Yeah, and what a disappointment Bueller has been so far. It's interesting that Ryu has been kind of like uh, the ace because, uh, you know, Kershaw, since he's been come back off the IL, uh, has been pitching like Kershaw. But uh, Bueller, I, I, I still believe in, in his uh, – I still believe that he could uh, turn things around. But uh, Scherzer is the class of the league when right now uh, when it comes to starting pitching. Yeah, so – so that's it. We'll see. Bueller last time out, seven innings, three runs scored. Before that, five and a third, three runs, five and two-thirds, three runs, a five-run outing. So he has not been good consistently at all. We'll see. He happens to be 4-0 and by happenstance, but we'll see. The Dodgers uh, score tons of runs. <laughs> that's right. It's a reason. There's a reason that they have the best record in the National League. So we bounced around a lot today, did some NBA, baseball, football. By this Saturday next week, I'll be talking to you about my experience at Beth Page Black. I'm going next Friday. So happy Mother's Day to all of you out there. Fran, Victoria, Marge, Christine. Thanks for listening, everybody. Happy Mother's Day weekend.